The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. This is the Joe Hoff Show on TNT Radio. Hey, welcome to the Joe Hoff Show. We've got another great show in store for you today. We've got Roger Stone joining us. Roger's uh, been in the news lately, so we'll be discussing uh, exactly all that's going on there. It'll be uh, a fun and and uh, really news-breaking interview, so stick with us. It's going to be something. Roger was uh, was accused by individuals like Young Turks uh, uh, for saying uh, some things that he, uh, for example, he, he thought that uh, people... Democrat reps should be assassinated, and um, and he's uh, pushed back against that narrative. So it'll be interesting to see and hear what he has to say. It's, I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, Young Turks is a pretty radical in, in, entity. We can uh, we'll talk about that here in a few moments. But uh, before that, maybe I could bring up a couple of items in the news. A couple of things at JoeHoff.com. One is. Uh, a piece I put up yesterday. It's about this no ink uh, slash B pro entity. This entity's uh, developed some new election software. It's not being audited. It's not being tested. It's and yet uh, we have laws in the books. I believe federal laws even stating that uh, any and all election equipment needs to be tested and and val and certified. And this stuff's for some reason they claim that it's outside uh, that. Uh, population of election equipment that needs to be validated and certified and yet it's uh they use uh, this system for voter rolls they use this system uh, to update voter rolls they use it to update uh, donors uh so donations flow through this system uh the systems got it this entity called total vote which includes these modules it includes other modules as well for example print on demand you can now print ballots on election night at a, any location, as long as you've got a printer, I guess, in the software, you can do it. Um, it has the ability to um, basically create and add somebody to the voter roll. You could then um, have basically vote for them and uh, th- by printing out ballots and voting for them. And then there's also some sort of tabulation uh, technique, as well as there's a module that will tell you exactly where you stand on election night, all the votes that are in. So clearly this is all done on the web. Uh, we even have information that's done on the cloud. Uh, the cloud's uh, not necessarily known for the greatest of security, and uh, therefore our elections flowing through these vehicles, and it's kind of a mess, and it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. David Clements mentioned this in his movie recently, let my people go. He covers this quite a bit. It's like, what's going on here? This is the new and improved election systems that are just really, a lot of people don't even know about. And uh, this No Ink company, the purchased B-Pro, has had uh, two different projects, big projects, one in Pennsylvania and one in Oregon, and they're failing terribly and to the point that Philadelphia or Pennsylvania has decided just to go back to their old legacy system rather than continue to mess with no ink and moving forward with their system for voter rolls. And in Oregon, they're having problems as well. The question is, will these systems even be ready for the 2024 election? It appears that the answer right now is no, they won't be. So that's a big story that nobody else is talking about except for us at the gateway at the gateway pundit and, and at joehoff.com so go and read that piece this morning www.joehoff.com notice there i'll be sharing interviews that i have here with tnt radio.live put them up as quickly as we can and uh hopefully share these as well on the uh on the uh, social media as well so that's going on there joehoff.com i also you can purchase my books the steel there still selling I'd say long, like hotcakes, and there's uh, people that are more and more interested in what happened in 2020, and it's all laid out there in my books. I think the deep state and uh, the media hasn't mentioned them at all. They don't want people to know what's going on. They just continue with these lies and say there is no evidence that uh, the 2020 election was stolen. Well, that is the, the biggest lie of them all. There's all sorts of evidence, evidence and evidence and evidence piled on, piled on, piled on top of each other, all sorts of evidence, and they're trying to say that there isn't there absolutely is 
and uh, and that it's all laid out in my book. So I encourage you to go and get those. I should mention too, uh, here on February 10th, there's a big event in Vero Beach, Florida, where Steve Bannon, James O'Keefe, and myself are being uh, given an award uh, for um, excellence in uh, in our various areas. And I'm really honored by by that able child, the organization that's standing up and protecting our children against big pharma. Uh, they are behind this event. It's their first awards ceremony, and I'm really honored to be a part of it. And so that's coming up on February 10th. You can have, gain information on that as well at my at, at my site. Really honored to be with such distinguished gentlemen as James O'Keefe and and Steve Bannon. So. Um, thrilled about that. Lots going on in the world today. So let's let's kind of jump forward to uh, what's happening with Roger. We're going to talk to him, uh, you know, after the break. But there's one entity that's been pushing the story that Roger said he, you know, that uh, Nadler and Swalwell, two just disgusting, really, really nasty. I'd say they're the most, some of the most dishonest and nasty people on earth. Uh, they're in our U.S. house. They shouldn't be there. Nadler at one point was just so big. He had this, he just grotesquely uh, large person and fat and just uh, would just uh, some of the pictures of him with his belt hanging out and his, you know, just huge, big old round Humpty Dumpty type of body. Um, but that wasn't it. It's just what's really disgusting about this guy is what he says. And he's just... Uh, vehemently toxic he's just horrible and he said terrible things about trump trump being with russia all these lies about trump and russia and russia and trump and and just toxic and he's from new york and really disgusting swalwell's from california he too is just a just will say anything he's just lying i think they kicked him off of one of these i think it was the intelligence committee because the guy was having an affair with the chinese spy we know that her name was fang fang they called now him fang fang swalwell and uh disgusting guy uh God knows what information he shared with this woman, and God knows what he got in return. It's just really a couple sick individuals, Wawa and uh, Nather. And I, I could see people in 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 a banter banter room talk, uh, locker room talk, saying, "Yeah, those guys, they should be eight feet under." I'm sure there's people that say that. Uh, they're just so disgusting individuals. And yet I believe that's what the charges are against Roger Stone, that he said this and how outrageous that is. And I'm thinking back to this Griffin girl who had this, she called herself a comedian and she has this picture of herself holding the head of Donald Trump, the bloody head. And she thought that was funny. It's like, now that is disgusting. Saying something isn't, isn't nearly as, as grotesque as that. And yet, uh, for the left, that kind of humor is fine. Anyways, that's my understanding of what's going on. But one entity that's really pushing this is the Young Turks. And when I think of Young Turks, I can't help but think back to the 2016 election. They were so fired up that they were going to win the election. They were saying, here comes Hillary. And, and uh, just really, uh, you know, gunned up for the, the election results. And by the end of the night, they're cussing and uh, so upset. I was in I was in Australia. I was in Sydney, Australia for that event. I was one of the greatest days of my life. I have a picture of myself holding up a, a mega Make America Great Again flag and, and with the background being the uh, Sydney Opera House. Uh, it was it was a fantastic day for freedom lovers around the world. Anyways, uh, you should watch this meltdown. I was I I would go back and watch it just to to smile because it just it was so hilarious. Now, I got to warn you, they use a lot of GDs in this in this. They cuss a lot, so if you don't like that, close your ears. But uh, this piece is uh, I hope hopefully you'll find it as humorous as I do uh, watching these guys just melt down. <laughs> this is CNN's coverage of election night in America. The fight for the presidency. Because we don't care. Oh, okay, have Kentucky. Who cares? Kentucky don't no, care about in Indiana. Don't care. Indiana with it's West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming with its vote North Dakota and South Dakota, Texas. Uh, uh, up and down the middle of the country, all red. Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri. Yes. It was at 80% an hour ago for Clinton. What is it now? 68%. 
Okay, uh, God damn it, I'm nervous. Ohio. Oh, oh, hold, hold. Ohio, gone. Idaho. Okay, yeah, I don't see a fucking landslide here. I don't see it at all. North Carolina. God damn it, if we need Florida, are you shitting me? Florida. It is fucking panic time. New Georgia. Donald Trump, now the favorite to win the presidency. Iowa. <clears throat> New York Times now has it at 95% chance. Utah. And still win, but in order to do so, she has to win Wisconsin. Wisconsin. God damn a fuck. Arizona. Alaska. Pennsylvania. Michigan. All of what Florida. a night. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, it was that was toxic. Of course, there's a lot of cuss in there. These guys, uh, you know. But to see them melt down early in the night, they're just cheering. Oh, bring on Hillary. We're going to have our first woman president, blah, blah, blah. And then they just melted by the end of the night as the results kept coming in, state after state after state for Trump. But then they couldn't steal it. They couldn't steal it either. They tried to after that uh, 2016 election. They petitioned three states. One was Wisconsin. One was Michigan, one was Pennsylvania. They did a recount in Wisconsin, and it was pretty much the same as the uh, original results. They started one in Michigan, and they found that uh, in in certain districts or precincts, the results were coming in where they might have said 500 votes for Hillary, and there was only like 100 there. And this happened precinct after precinct. So they weren't picking up votes. They were actually... Uh, they decided in these precincts, we'll stay with the original votes because that was apparently was the law in, in Michigan that you'd stay with the original votes if uh, in a recount if you didn't apparently. So for some reason, they were able to do that. But they stopped counting in Michigan after a while. They just realized we're not picking up any here. We're finding more fraud than anything. And then they went to Pennsylvania. Trump had like a 100,000 vote lead. And uh, this was despite now looking back, probably a massive amount of uh, fraud. They probably in the beginning of that video, you see a video of Bill Clinton and Hillary and Chelsea, and they're all giggly and happy. She's going to win. They've pretty much told her it's all iced up. We're going to win. And then the results start coming in, and the results were way more than they ever imagined. Same thing happened in 2020. Uh, the results were so outlandish, they ended up having to uh, stop counting across the country. Somebody made that call, and then uh, and then fool us all and continue to just ram through Biden votes uh, late at night, four in the morning. So. Uh, the strategy didn't work in 2016. Yeah, they tried to take uh, add like absentee votes uh, to the uh, to the Pennsylvania results. They got another 40,000. Trump was up by 100. So they realized they weren't going to steal Pennsylvania either. So uh, they weren't going to let that happen again in 2020. That's for sure. And you should read my books on what happened in 2020. You'll see it was just a absolute nightmare for this country and now this world as we see the open border we see the economy that's just in shambles massive debt massive debt we've got inflation you know going through the roof food costs are probably twice as much as what they were three years ago and energy costs are way up president trump saying hey we are going to drill we're going to u.s has the biggest reserves in the world why the hell are we buying this oil from overseas from the middle east and from venezuela when we can outproduce all of them and uh great point and why are we buying it from russia while we're going to war with russia i tell you what there's this 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 year isn't over and we're here what's today the 18th um there's a lot ahead of us we've got to continue to pray and be close to god and keep sharing the truth and and appreciate you guys being here anyways we're going to be back. Roger Stone's going to join us. We're going to have some breaking news with Roger here shortly. So hang tight. Uh, we'll be right back on the Joe Hoff Show. TNT's Jeremy Nell. Nice comment here from Rebecca. She says the youngest people um, I work with are a bit more mature, but their interactions with the public is stifled. And she's referring to the excessive use of cell phones and social media and how it's making them so antisocial also. The business is open six days a week. One of his staff members formally requested that they shouldn't, you know, that they could they be given permission not to have to work on Wednesdays so that they could help at the dog shelter. Now, as you know, I'm a dog lover. I have hunting dogs. I've got dogs coming out of my ears, my Malinois. And this dog, this Malinois is bright even by Malinois standards. She can do crossword puzzles. Is lying under my desk at the moment feeling sorry for herself 
because she's just come on heat for the first time and she's completely bewildered. She doesn't know why she's <laughs> bleeding to death. It's not about whether it's a good or a bad thing to work at animal shelters. That's a delightful thing. It's a noble thing to do. But who in their right mind goes to their boss and says, would you mind? I'd rather not work on Wednesdays if it's okay because I've got other priorities in a, in a town down the road. Jeremy now on today's News Talk TNT. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's gonna protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hey, we're back. This is Joe Hoff on The Joe Hoff Show. I'm thrilled to have with me, uh, I'd say, good friend and uh, American statesman. This guy's going to go down in history. He's one of the most uh, intelligent, sharp, and uh, really committed uh, politicians of this modern era, uh, Mr. Roger Stone. Roger, welcome to The Joe Hoff Show. Joe, great to be back with you. Yeah, thrilled to have you. Thrilled to have you. Lots going on, as always. And I really do mean that. I sincerely, uh, you know, we've got to continue to fight and to win because we don't want these goons writing our history books and telling our kids a bunch of lies. There's a major attack that's going on in this country. And uh, perhaps, Roger, nobody has had to face as much as you looking back. I mean, President Trump, I don't know. We, I don't know if anybody's received more, more than Trump, but my God, and, and and for him to watch you go through what you had to and, and the rest of us, it was such a nightmare in uh, during the Trump campaign. You're, you were set up, you were lied about, and you didn't do anything wrong. And that corrupt Amy Berman Jackson, uh, what a nasty Obama judge she was in D.C. and what she did to you with the gag order and then withholding information in your case. She's never been punished or penalized at all. That was the crime. That was the crime in your case. She withheld evidence that exonerated you uh, from the Mueller gang. She said, well, I'll look at it. You guys can't look at it, but I'll look at it and see if there's anything there. And then she lies and says no. And then we find out on election night of all nights, uh, November 3rd, uh, 2020, uh, we find out that, oh, it's released. And uh, by the way, Roger Stone did nothing wrong, just like you've been saying for years. So, Roger, and now you've got a number of cases against you. And now recently there's even another smear campaign against you. And your heart goes out to you. I want you to know there's a lot of people behind you. 
We, I can't imagine uh, what it's like some days. I mean, we've got, I've mentioned uh, during the break quick, Jim and I got one case against us right now. It's Ruby and Shay and, um, and uh, democracies back in them. These two women from Georgia who stuck around after everybody got kicked out of the facility in Georgia and Atlanta on election night. And we caught them on video shoving ballots through machines more than once. And uh, they're suing us for reporting that and saying that they were defamed. And I've, I've, I argue, I'm the one being defamed here. I've never been accused of being defaming anybody ever. I was a professional in a professional career oversee international corporate executive and th these ladies that shove ballots through tabulators more than once which is major league crimes i think every every ballot that's counted twice might be a felony i'm not really sure on that but stacks of ballots through multiple times we got it on video and they're calling us uh they're saying we defamed them by reporting that i mean this is the upside down world we're in roger that's just one thing for me, and it drives me crazy on a daily basis. And I think about it sometimes. How does Roger Stone do it? How do you make it through this onslaught of, uh, I call it evil, you know? Well, Joe, thank you for asking. First of all, I guess I console myself with the fact that if I wasn't effective uh, on behalf of the things I believe, like Donald Trump, like the U.S. Constitution, like uh, America as the shining city on the hill, they wouldn't be attacking me. Secondarily, I, I am redeemed in the blood of the cross. Uh, I renewed my relationship with Jesus Christ. I asked him to come into my life in 2019, uh, and he has done so in a powerful way. Uh, so, uh, you know, I could have just retired to the beach and writ historical books, but I would be meeting the greatest missing the greatest and single most important fight of our lifetimes. I was born for such a moment as this, and I'm not going to stop speaking the truth, and I'm not going to stop trying to help candidates I believe in, and I'm not going to stop trying to make America great through a free, fair, honest, transparent election. So uh, I really appreciate having the opportunity to be on with you. And we'll just touch on this quickly, but the latest nonsense is a left-wing media site named Mediaite, owned by Dan Abrams, formerly of MSNBC, uh, published uh, a, an audio clip uh, in which it is alleged that I threatened to kill two Democratic members of Congress. There's only one problem. This audio clip uh, is AI generated. It's a fraud. I now have three experts uh, who have examined it and come to the same conclusion. If you listen to it, it, it it's you, you can barely understand it. It's clearly not me. But what happens to them is MSNBC, CNN, The New Republic, uh, uh, the rest of the the rest of the left wing uh, uh, propaganda fronts just report on it as if it's a fact. Stone did this. No, Stone didn't do any of that. Now, because I'm a public figure, the bar to sue them for defamation is extraordinarily high. Uh, that seems unfair to me because here they're accusing me of crime. This isn't some political charge, but they're accusing me of, of engaging in what could be illegal if it were true, which it is not. So I, I have to weigh suing them. I have to weigh how much that lawsuit will cost, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Lawyers are expensive. I have to weigh whether the Supreme Court standard in the Times versus Sullivan case bar my a chance to be successful. I don't want to sue them just for the exercise, uh, but they certainly deserve to be sued. Uh, once again, Roger Stone still did nothing wrong. I love that. I love that you say that. And every time you've said it, you've been right. You've been honest and right. And I can, and I got to tell you, Roger, probably one of the most, uh, um, how do I say this? Fascinating, uh, greatest moments of my life was standing on or sitting on stage with you when we had this prayer for Trump meeting uh, last year, I believe it was early last year. And you, um, you were there, General Flynn, myself, and uh, the good folks from uh, Flyover Conservatives, as well as uh, Minister Lamar. And we were, we were there to support Trump and pray for him. And when you finished, you did your famous uh, 
feet signs with your head down. And uh, I'm about five feet away. And I just thought, man, uh, this is this is awesome. This is <laughs> this is really cool. So I'll never forget that moment. And and you, you you've charged forward despite all these monster attacks. I know after January 6th, didn't you have uh, like 11 cases at one time? I don't know how many it is now. I still, I still have 11. I still have, unfortunately, 11 completely frivolous, completely baseless, uh, completely meritless harassment lawsuits. Uh, it's not as bad as what they're trying to do to President Trump, but it's not helpful. And the idea is to grind you down with legal fees, uh, blacken your name because there's big headlines when they file the lawsuit. There are no headlines when the lawsuits are dismissed. There were once 17 lawsuits filed against my wife and I. Uh, we have resolved six of them in our favor. We ultimately will win every one of these, uh, but the monthly expense is really meant to break you. Folks who want to help can go to stonedefensefund.com, stonedefensefund.com. Typically, Joe, that site was hacked uh, right around Christmas, uh, and the payment processor was basically blown out. So normally, folks uh, contribute a little something at Christmas to help us with these overwhelming, uh, staggering legal fees. Uh, but we were down for almost two weeks. Uh, finally, I think the service has been restored. So stonedefensefund.com. I'm going to have to raise the money there. I really, really want to sue uh, Anderson Cooper personally. I want to sue Ari Melber of MSNBC personally. I want to sue the networks. These people have defamed me. Uh, I, I will sue if I can win. I need a lawyer to tell me I at least have a chance to win. Uh, but, you you know, General Flynn convinced me of this. He's got four major lawsuits pending now. You can't just keep taking a beating uh, and, and defend yourself in public, particularly if you're like me, where I'm still banned on Facebook for life, banned on Instagram for life, uh, banned on YouTube for life. They don't even tell you why you're banned. You're just banned. Uh, that's why being here on TNT radio is so extraordinarily valuable to me because it's an opportunity to get my side of the story out. Anyway, we've talked about me enough. Let's talk about the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. That would be Donald J. Trump. Yes, absolutely. So he had a resounding win Monday night, uh, historic. Nobody's ever done. You know, Roger, I kept track back in 2016. I was one of the few people who did it because Drudge would put these posts up. I'm a corporate executive in Hong Kong just writing an article a day for Jim. But Trump was blowing everybody away in those primaries back then. He set record, record after record. He had the most, the highest majorities, all these numbers that nobody in modern times has come close to. And uh, nobody was reporting it but me, and I got Drudge links for it uh, at that back in the days when Drudge was still, you know, good. But what Trump did on Monday night, he just shattered the Iowa caucus record. And people are just, oh, yeah, well, you know, accepting that, I guess. It's not as big a story as it should be. Well, you know, the previous uh, high water mark was for my old boss, Senator Bob Dole, uh, who I worked at as an assistant uh, for two years in the U.S. Senate uh, to Senator Dole. He was a great, great man, a great patriot, maybe one of the greatest men of the 20th century. He would have made a great president. Uh, he won the Iowa caucuses by 12 and a half points. Donald Trump tripled that margin. Uh, and the, the media was poised to try to downplay uh, and, uh, and de-emphasize the, the president's victory. Uh, my final projection, based on studying all the polling, I had him at 48. I thought his breaking 50 was possible, but to be honest with you, I wasn't positive it was happened. Uh, he exceeded that. He came in at 51. That is a phenomenal political accomplishment. I mean, that is historic. And it proves uh, that at the grassroots of the Republican Party, he has transformed this party into the America First Party, into the MAGA Party. Now, we're not extremists. We love our country. We want it to be great. We want it to be peaceful uh, and prosperous. We want a just society where everyone is viewed as equal and where everyone has 
equal opportunity, uh, where people have have uh, you know uh, safety in their communities, uh, where the scourge of drugs is under control. Those things don't make you extremists. They make you a patriot. Uh, and uh, I actually think uh, that the results in Iowa, uh, he had the best possible result in the sense that not only did he get more than 50% of the vote, uh, but the two other, shall we call them, major candidates were almost 30 points behind him. Uh, Governor DeSantis hung on very, very narrowly, having spent well over $100 million and all of his time in Iowa. Uh, Nikki Haley, who I think is the real danger to America, uh, the candidate of the neocon uniparty, uh, came in third. Uh, they then continue to th the next round in New Hampshire, where they continue to split uh, the anti-Trump vote. Now, the latest polls show that that split is not as profound uh, as I had may had hoped, uh, this blows my mind, but Governor DeSantis has now dropped in multiple credible polls to 5% of the vote in New Hampshire. Uh, and if you analyze the 34% uh, that Nikki Haley is getting, remember Donald Trump is is uh, uh, close to 50, uh, maybe at 50, uh, maybe a little over 50, depends on whose poll you're looking at. But Nikki Haley's at 34% of the vote, but almost half of those people are not Republicans. These are liberal independents who are going to be voting for Joe Biden in the fall. Uh, and Governor Chris Sununu, a liberal Republican uh, who is supporting Nikki Haley, uh, has been pushing uh, independents to enter the Republican primary. Now, while it's legal, it's a, a bit of a political dirty trick because these people are not going to be Nikki Haley voters in the fall. This is an attempt to stop Donald Trump. It is not really an attempt uh, to uh, nominate Nikki Birdbrain Haley. Yeah, I like it when Trump calls her that too, Birdbrain Haley. I don't. I see. There's nothing in her that I see that's uh, attractive at all in any way. She's just. Mush, you could put your hand right through her, I think. There's just nothing there. She'll say whatever needs to be said. There's a lot of information out there now about her that's just uh, is not good. The um, the thing that, well, a couple things that grabbed me. One is, do you think, well, first of all, maybe we should start with the obvious. Why the heck do Republicans allow people other than Republicans to vote in their primary? What, you know, Why would you do that? Does that make sense? Uh, it's a longstanding state law in New Hampshire. Now, you can't vote in the Republican primary if you're a registered Democrat, but you can vote in the Republican primary if you're an independent or uh, or what they call uh, uh, a non-affiliate. Interestingly enough, however, in South Carolina, there are no registered parties. There are parties, but one does not register to vote by party tradition, uh, by party registration, pardon me. So any voter can vote in the Republican primary. Uh, this is both good and bad because in South Carolina, there are many, many, many conservative Democrats who long ago walked away from the National Democratic Party uh, who will vote for Donald Trump uh, in that state. However, it's the fact that the New Hampshire primary is open and anyone can vote is the only reason Lindsey Graham is still in the United States Senate. If Lindsey Graham had to run in a closed Republican primary, uh, I think he would be uh, seriously challenged and probably defeated. But what happens in the Senate primary is liberal Democrats, particularly in places like Charleston, uh, invade the Republican primary to vote for Lindsey Graham. Uh, ironically, it's going to be Nikki Haley's home state uh, where I think Donald Trump will finally put her candidacy away once and for all. I saw her election night. I'm still trying to understand this where she came in third, but kept insisting that Iowa had made the race a two-person race. She said it twice, a two-person race. Can this woman not count? I mean, uh, while it is true, uh, that Governor DeSantis isn't doing very well. He still beat her uh, in Iowa, and he's taken his campaign to New Hampshire. So 
I don't know by what count she sees it as a two-person race. Now, it could be a two-person race by the time we get to South Carolina, because as I say, Governor DeSantis is running at about 5%, which given the hundreds of millions of dollars that he has spent, uh, including a huge spending in, in New Hampshire, that's candidly embarrassing. Uh, and speaking as a Floridian, we need him to get back home and take care of business. We have huge problems in, in the state of Florida. We have an insurance crisis uh, where home insurance, car insurance, uh, any kind of insurance has become unaffordable. Uh, we have a utility rate insurance. We have a 25% increase in our simple electricity rates. In a state with this many retirees on fixed incomes, that's devastating. Uh, we uh, Crime is creeping up because of the influx uh, of, uh, of fentanyl. Uh, I, I must tell you, uh, Joe, that my sister's son, my nephew, uh, died last Thursday of a fentanyl overdose at age 38. Uh, so this is this is hit my own family. Uh, we're devastated, as you might imagine. Now, the boy had a he had a long struggle with addiction. Uh, he'd been in and out of uh, drug treatment, but in the end, uh, he died of a dose of a uh, of an illegal drug. And this is this is creeping up in in Florida. The crime rate in Jacksonville is higher than the crime rate in Los Angeles. Uh, this state has problems, uh, and we elected Ron DeSantis less than a year ago uh, to fix those problems, never understanding that literally the instant he was reelected, he was going to run for president. Now, he, he teased it for a while using state resources, the state airplane, the state police for security. Uh, using taxpayer money to run this this shadow campaign, uh, but it's not in, in, it's not coincidental that last week he flew to Florida, gave the state of the state address to the legislature as required by law. By the way, used a teleprompter to do so, something he constantly attacks Donald Trump for doing, uh, and then immediately flew back right back to Iowa to continue campaigning. Uh, he really needs to come here and finish the job he was elected to do. Speaking of DeSantis, I don't think I've seen a politician. I can't think of any. Maybe, maybe there's some that that destroyed his career as badly as he he has by running against President Trump. That was probably the dumbest thing I think any politician's ever done. He was he, he, somebody had, had talked him into it. Maybe it was his wife. I'm not sure. But he was a he was in great standing with the mega crowd and the people that were behind President Trump. And when he decided to run against Trump, that was kind. And then then he's just failed. He's just utterly failed. Um, I don't think he's ever going to recover from that. And uh, what a big mistake that was because he 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 was sitting really good. I thought you know before he had ever announced, I thought he might been been a good vice president. Now I don't think he'll be anything other than governor of Florida through the end of his term. Uh, I think that's I think that's a good analysis. It's important to recognize, and people forget this, that the rules of the Electoral College, while they don't prohibit two individuals who are legal residents of the same state for running for president and vice president together, they do penalize you by stripping you of that state's electoral votes. So Trump cannot take a Floridian uh, as his running mate. Uh, Byron Donalds is a good man. He should be on the list, in my opinion, uh, but he's a Floridian. General Michael Flynn would be a great vice president, but he's also uh, a Floridian. Uh, Ron DeSantis was never realistically a candidate for vice president because he's the governor of Florida. Now, when I tell people that, some say, well, Trump could just change his legal residence back to New York or back to New Jersey. Really, given what they're doing to him in those jurisdictions, I could not recommend that. So, uh, unfortunately, right. uh, nobody from Florida, I think, uh, is a potential vice president because of the legal obstacles posed uh, by the Electoral College. In a way, perhaps Ron DeSantis did us a favor. We learn now that he has no character. We learn now that he's an ingrate. 
we learn now uh, that he's treacherous. I mean, you remember this, Joe. No one ever heard of Ron DeSantis. He was an unknown congressman running for governor, running far behind uh, the favorite Adam Putnam, who was the state agriculture commissioner, former congressman. Putnam had the endorsement of every single Republican county chairman, every single Republican state legislator, the Speaker of this Florida House, the President of the Florida Senate, uh, a majority. In fact, I think all of the Republican members of Congress, with the exception of Matt Gates, uh, And it was Donald Trump who benevolently uh, lifted Ron DeSantis out of obscurity with a, a tweeted endorsement. Uh, after which he skyrocketed to the Republican gubernatorial nomination. They didn't nominate Ron DeSantis. They, in essence, nominated Donald Trump. So Donald Trump made Ron DeSantis. Uh, he would not, He I joke about this, but he'd be managing a McDonald's today uh, if it weren't for Donald Trump. Uh, it, it is interesting that a, a straw poll uh, in uh, the largest county in the congressional district uh, of the Republican County Committee, uh, where Ron DeSantis was a congressman, the largest county in his district, went overwhelmingly for Donald Trump just last week. And it's important to know, even if DeSantis, uh, as expected, loses New Hampshire uh, and withdraws from the race between New Hampshire and the next primary, it's too late to get his name off the ballot in Florida. He will be on the Florida March 15th presidential primary versus Donald Trump. And polls today show that he would lose by 45 points in his home state. That's just embarrassing. Uh, now, he he's limited to two terms as governor. He can't run again. Uh, it's very clear to me that, that the DeSantis uh, plan B is to run Casey DeSantis for governor. I think that's going to be very, very difficult now. He, he's hurt himself very badly. For those who say, you know, if he just waited till 2028, it all would have just fallen into his lap. I'm not sure that's true either. I think his flaws as a candidate, his his stiffness, his uh, his awkwardness, uh, his his uh, willingness to change positions uh, uh, based on the demands of his donors. He's He's for tariffs against China. Then he's uh, against tariffs uh, for against China. Uh, he's uh, against more money for the war in Ukraine. Then suddenly he's for additional funding for the war uh, uh, against Ukraine. You say anything you want about Donald Trump. He knows exactly where he stands, and he tells you exactly where he stands. So I think ultimately the flaws in DeSantis as both a man and a candidate uh, would have shown up anyway, even if it was 2028. Mm. Great analysis, Roger. Uh, nobody does it better. I, I've got a question, maybe maybe our final question here. Um, the, uh, do you have any concerns about the election process, that there's going to be manipulation of uh, machines or votes in New Hampshire or South Carolina? I, personally, I do. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, uh, you know, you know, is that going to impact this election coming up in New Hampshire? Well, first of all, nobody has written a better book. In fact, in your case, three books uh, uh, about election fraud in America and exactly how it works. Those books uh, really opened my mind to those who say uh, in the mainstream media, no, there's no evidence whatsoever of irregularities or fraud in the 2020 election. All they've got to do is read your three books uh, and they would know otherwise. I, I'm i not concerned about uh, fraud in the nominating process, uh, but I certainly am concerned about irregularities uh, and manipulation uh, in the general election process. Uh, we have a situation in America where the left, particularly after Thursday, after Monday night, uh, is getting increasingly apoplectic and hysterical about the fact that Donald Trump is on the way back. They know what that means. That means we're going to get a uh, a nation run by the rule of law again. Uh, it, it means that we're going to seal our border. Uh, it means that we're going to depoliticize 
uh, our, our justice system. It means we're going to clean out our intelligence agencies. This has them hysterical. A uh, number of major stories in the last couple of days about uh, their efforts to move now to try to strip the next president of the United States of his control of the military, which would be unconstitutional. Commander of chief is part of the job based on the U.S. Congress. They basically admit that if Trump is elected, we're going to foment riots like the BLM Antifa riots we saw in 2020. And we want to make sure that Trump cannot use the uh, the uh, uh the National Guard to put those uh, to put those down. So uh, they're openly plotting this. They're talking about it. Great piece uh, on in NBC about it just the other day. Yeah, it's scary. It's, it's, some of the stuff is scary. Once uh, these lefties, uh, you know, here and here we've got these millions of people that have crossed this border. We don't even know who they are. By the way, I'm sorry to hear about your your uh, sister's son. I had a good friend who found his son, he had died, he had had some addiction problems. He had died as well from fentanyl a few years back and it just tore my buddy up. He was just, he was a wreck. And maybe even to this day, it was so devastating for him to see this beloved son that he had that he just adored, uh, you know, end his life at an early age uh, due to fentanyl. And uh, I've talked to a guy in uh, in Florida who said, it's not, this is, a, he says, this is a, uh, this is intentional murder. Uh, by the Chinese. They're pushing this, through this stuff. Some of it's just toxic and it's getting in the hands of individuals and they don't know it and it and it ends up killing them. So it's a real sad situation and this is all part of this border that Biden's left open. Yeah, it's a terrible tragedy, but let me say that my wife and I uh, really appreciate literally the thousands of text messages, emails, uh, uh, even got a piece of mail today of people saying that they're praying for us, they're praying for my sister, they're praying for our family, uh, and we really, really appreciate it. Joe, I'm sorry, but we got to wrap it up there so I can yeah. jump to my own show, stonezone.com uh, is one of the places you can go, or you can go to rumble.com slash Roger Stone, where the show now shows every day at 8 o'clock. But uh, go to stonezone.com and check it out there as well. Thanks so much, Roger. It's an honor to have you. Good luck uh, with the show and with everything. We're, we're behind you all the way. God bless. And we can't wait to get you back here. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for the opportunity and have a great day. Yeah, thank you. And here we are uh, finishing up this show. It's an honor to have Roger Stone on the show. We, uh, we really, uh, like I said early on, it's like this guy's a, an American statesman and the hell he's had to go through. Think about that uh, early on. And maybe you saw that segment right before Roger came on, how he was he was arrested by like 25 FBI agents. And his crime was that he, they were saying that he that he lied in front of Congress. And yet they bring 25 FBI agents. I was talking, I believe it was Rudy Giuliani and maybe some others. Maybe it was. Sal Greco or some others saying, um, when we went and arrested mobsters, we didn't bring 25 agents. There was usually a couple guys that went the person up. It's not it, what they did with Roger Stone is and what they're doing with these January 6th people and with these uh, parents that have uh, prayed outside abortion clinics. And so many people is so beyond the pale. I believe it's criminal. It's it's tyrannical. They scare people. I saw a video the other day of uh, I believe it's Derek Evans. He's a he was a he was a state uh, I believe representative in West Virginia. He was there on January sixth. He walked into the Capitol, fist bumped the cop there, walked around, didn't do anything, walked out. A couple days later, uh, the the media shows up at his house, and uh, he said he knew exactly what was going on. And he has four little kids. He sent, and his wife had gone to the store, so it was just him and his kids. He said to the kids, took them upstairs, said, okay, you guys watch this. Daddy's got some friends here. I got to go talk to my friends. And um, apparently it, some neighbors came over to watch his kids. And he's telling these guys, hey, my, my kids are here. They brought a huge uh, you know, number of policemen, FBI agents again. Uh, they carted him off. And he says, the one thing that I remember – that whole episode 
with sitting and the worst thing in the whole episode. I mean, they took him, they put him in jail and prison. They put him in solitaire for a week because he wouldn't take the vaccine. It's like, I'm not taking that vax. Well, then you're going to have to go to solitaire for a week. He's forced in solitaire where you don't know what day it is, what, what time it is. You just sit there all by yourself and it's torture. It's human torture. That's what they did to a, an innocent man who did nothing wrong. And, and he said the hardest thing, though, beyond that, beyond the torture, beyond the, uh, the solitary confinement, beyond being jailed and imprisoned way, way overboard for protesting in a 2020 stolen election, what they, what they, the, the most heart hurtful thing was he said he's sitting in that cop car, he looks out, he sees his four children standing at the window weeping, un, un, you know, just like, where's daddy going? crying at the top of their lungs through the window. You can see him standing there crying. I, I I, just can't even imagine what that must have been like as a father, as an American, and knowing that he did nothing wrong, that his government's come after him. Biden regime, the Obama-Biden regime of, of gangsters, mobsters, the crime family has taken over the country and starts coming after good Americans. This is the sickness, the illness the the vile nature of this current regime and and we've got to stand up against it so that our children never ever see this again for innocent where innocent men are in the back of cop cars seeing their children weep weep while their daddies are being or, or moms are being taken away by a corrupt criminal regime we're seeing it every day we saw it this past week in these cases against trump where we're finding out that Oh, the DOJ decided not to provide all the evidence that they're mandated by the law to provide. They thought upon their best uh, their best judgment, nah, the Trump team doesn't need to see this information. Well, it's not their decision to make. It's the Trump team's decision to make. Their duty is to provide the information to the Trump team. And the Trump team, again, has to ask for this information. This is in regard to the uh, Florida case, the Mar-a-Lago raid case, where Biden's goons raided President Trump's home. Again, an army of FBI agents go to his home. They scour through his 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 beautiful, beautiful mansion, the one that this lunatic judge in in uh, New York who, who claimed Trump was guilty without a trial. He says, oh, that property is not worth it. Not, it's only worth 18 million. This palace that's worth maybe a billion or more, maybe a billion and a half lunatics that go to his house then in this beautiful, beautiful mansion, billion dollar mansion. They go through his kids' drawers. They go through his wife's underwear drawer. These people are sick. And then they go down and they claim that they had classified documents that were on, on site that President Trump shouldn't have had. And yet we find out that no, he had every right to have those every right he did nothing wrong again we've got to we've got to win this 2024 election for the sake of the world in this country thanks for listening we got another great guest tomorrow thank you roger stone for joining us today an honor to have you and we'll be back tomorrow on the joe hoff show